كُتِبَ عَلَيْكُمْ It has been made obligatory on you. It has been prescribed for you. إِذَا حَضَرَ أَحَدَكُمُ الْمَوْتِ When death approaches one of you. حَضَرَ حَضَرَ حُضُور To be present. And we have done this word earlier as well. إِذَا حَضَرَ يَعْقُوبَ الْمَوْتِ When death approached, يَعْقُوبَ عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامِ So when death approaches one of you, meaning the signs of death are quite obvious. It's quite obvious that the person is going to die now. You know, it happens sometimes that a person is seriously ill. He is hospitalized for months. And the doctors say that the cancer has spread all over. There is no way that any treatment is going to help this person. So you might as well go home. Take all the equipment and go home and basically wait for death. So it's obvious for that person that he's going to die now. Right? Likewise, a person could be in a situation where, let's say, you know, under a building that has collapsed and he knows that he has only a few moments to live and there are other people who managed to escape. So he knows that he's not going to survive. And several people experience this, that they know that they're not going to live beyond a few moments, a few more days. And sometimes Allah extends their life for them. So they get a new life altogether. And sometimes, no, that person dies. So over here, إِذَا حَضَرَ أَحَدَكُمُ الْمَوْتِ When death approaches one of you, meaning the signs of death are evident, the time of death is very near, a person is in maradul الْمَوْتِ Then at that time, what is obligatory? What is mandatory? What is necessary? What should that dying person do? That إِنْ تَرَكَ خَيْرًا If he left, meaning if he is leaving behind خَيْرًا some wealth. To leave something. So if he is leaving behind khayran. Khayr, khayara. What does khayr mean? What does khayr mean? Good. Right? Khayr is good. But the word khayr is also used for wealth. It is also used for money. It is also used for property. Wealth. Alright? And in the English language also we use the word goods. Right? Goods. For what? For stuff. For things. For wealth. And when the word khayr is used for wealth, then it doesn't mean just a little bit of wealth, but it means a lot of wealth. It doesn't mean just a few dollars, but a couple thousand. Okay? A couple million. This is khayr. This is why in the Quran we learn that وَإِنَّهُ لِحُبِّ الْخَيْرِ لَشَدِيدٍ That indeed the human being is very intense, very strong in his love for a lot of wealth. That if the son of Adam were given a valley of gold, what would he want? Another one. He doesn't just want a little bit of gold, a valley full of gold, a lot of gold, a lot of wealth. So if the dying person is leaving behind wealth, not just a little bit, but a significant amount. A significant amount. Then what is obligatory on him? What is kutiba? What is written for him? What is decreed for him? That he has to make a al-wasiyyah. He has to make a will. Wasiyyah from the root letter is wa-sadiyah. And we have done this word earlier as well. Wasiyyah is to give an important instruction with a lot of emphasis something that's very important to you, you instruct that, you give that command, you emphasize it. And the word wasiyah is also used for a will, a will, a bequest. Meaning, what a person instructs with regards to his wealth at his 
death or before his death. That he says, after I die, my wealth, this is what should be done with it. My house, this is what should be done with it. Alright? But remember that wasiyah is not just with regards to a person's property. Wasiyah is also with regards to a person's family, a person's business, his work, his affairs, the things that he deals with. Likewise, wasiyah could also be with regards to one's family. That the father is dying. And he says, when I die, make sure that my daughter goes to this school and she studies over there. Save the money for her, whatever money, and make sure she studies in that school. He advises his son that make sure you get married to so-and-so. For example, the grandfather is dying, he's saying to his daughter-in-law, make sure you take care of my grandson. For example. Okay? So wasiyah is with regards to property. It's with regards to a person's affairs. And it can also be with regards to his family. Alright? But over here in this ayah, wasiyah is about what? Khayran, wealth. The money, the property that he is leaving behind. So the person before he dies, he should make a will. So that people are not lost after his death. Okay, he left this huge amount of wealth, what do we do with it? What are we supposed to do with it? You know, sometimes it happens that a person dies, there's no will, no testament that's present, and let's say the family, they take everything. And a share of it, a portion of it could also go to extended family, but they don't give anything to them. They say, you know, the wife says, this is my husband's house, we used to live here, I'm going to continue living over here. I know that technically my husband's brother also has a share in it, but I'm not going to give anything to him because I'm living over here. So a person should make a will. If he's leaving behind something that is significant, he should leave behind a will. In whose favor? In the favor of Lil Walidain. For the two parents, وَالْأَقْرَبِينَ And the close relatives. Walidain, Who are they? The mother and the? The mother and the? Father. And أَقْرَبِين Plural of أَقْرَب Close relatives. Who does that include? The closest relatives to you. So your immediate family, like for example, your spouse, your children, your siblings. It may also include your uncles, your aunts, their children. It may also include your grandparents, your grandchildren, their spouses. Okay? So, Aqrabin are who? Closest relatives. Closest relatives to a person. So, the dying person should make a will in the favor of the parents, and he should also make a will in the favor of the close relatives. And how should he make the will? Bil ma'roof, in the manner that is acceptable. Not that he says, give ten dollars to my son. And the rest of it should be given in charity. No. That doesn't make any sense. If you're making a will in the favor of someone, you might give them, you should give them something that is of some value. Okay? So, bil ma'roof, in the manner that is appropriate. What is recognized in the law. Now with regards to this ayah, this ayah was revealed before the laws of inheritance were revealed. The actual laws of inheritance, they are mentioned in Surah An-Nisa. Okay? The laws of Miras, where are they mentioned? In Surah An-Nisa. And they were revealed after this ayah was revealed. In the laws of Miras, all the shares 
have been specified. That in the case where the wife is alive and their sons and their daughters, then such and such portion will go to the wife and such and such portion will go to the daughter and such and such portion will go to the son. All the shares have been specified in the Qur'an, in the sunnah. This is the reason why some scholars say that this verse is abrogated. It is abrogated. Remember, nasq. Okay? So this is no more applicable. This was a command that was given initially. And later on, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed the laws of inheritance. So every person was given his share. And in the hadith we learn that in Allah qad a'ta kulladhi haq haqqahu fala wasiyyata liwaris. That Allah has given each heir his fixed share, so there is no will for a deserving heir. Okay? But some scholars say that yes, this ayah is abrogated in that sense, but it is also makhsus, meaning it is also applicable in certain cases. Not in all cases, but in certain cases, this ayah is still applicable. In which case? In the case where a person is leaving a significant amount of wealth, khayran, a lot of wealth, okay? Meaning let's say a person is a millionaire. A person has a lot of wealth, he has a lot of property. And let's say he has only one son. His wife already died, he doesn't have any other relatives, he has only one son. Now who gets the share? Who gets all the wealth? Who inherits all of it? The son will, right? But if you think about it, if a person has wealth, Allah has given him wealth, then we know that many people deserve of it. It's not just his family. But like we learned earlier, وَآتَ الْمَالَ عَلَىٰ حُبِّهِ ذَوِ الْقُرْبَىٰ وَالْيَتَامَىٰ وَالْمَسَاكِينَ وَابْنَ السَّبِيلِ so there are many other individuals in the society who deserve that you should give them some money as well. Likewise, it could be that a person has a lot of wealth, he's leaving behind, and he has only a few family members who deserve their shares from that wealth. Okay, they get their shares, but then there's still some that is left over. There's still some that is left over. So what do you do with that wealth? With regards to that, the person should make a will. That okay, when I die, give this much money to let's say so-and-so masjid, or to so-and-so school. Okay? People leave behind their estate for different reasons, for different causes. He says, okay, this money of mine should be given to you know this cause, should be given to this orphanage, should be given to this NGO you know who serve people, should be given to this human rights activist, should be given to this hospital should be used in the construction of this bridge. Okay. Because he had a lot of leftover wealth. His heirs do get their shares, but still there's extra, there's a lot. Likewise, in some cases we see that, for example, if a person, his children or his parents are non-Muslim, they're not Muslim, then legally they don't have a share in the inheritance. Okay? They don't have a share in the inheritance. But then the person feels that after all they are my parents, I would like to give something to them. Or he feels that after all they are my children, I would like to give something to them. Then okay, they don't have a share of one third half in the sharia. However, that person may gift them something. He may say, okay, when I die, give these many thousand dollars to my mother. Give these many thousand dollars to my son. I know he's not Muslim, but this is my wasiyah. This is my will. You understand? But... There are two conditions that we must remember. 
That when a person is making a will, in this manner, there are two things that he must remember. A, he cannot make a will in the favor of the one who already has a share. He cannot make a will in the favor of the one who already has a share. So for example, his son gets, let's say, half of the estate. So he says, give the other half to my son as well. Can he do that? Can he do that? No, he cannot. He cannot increase the share of his son. He cannot increase the share of his daughter. He cannot increase the share of his wife, of his mother, of his brother, of his sister. No. If they have a particular share in the estate, that is all that they get. Not more than that. Because sometimes it happens that a person does not want that part of his property should be given to a particular relative. Because of whatever reason. And they make a will that when I die, give this property of mine to my son. Give this property of mine to my wife. It's not permissible. So a will, wasiyah, may not be made in the favor of who? In the favor of who? The one who already has a share. Secondly, that it should not be more than one third of the entire property that he's leaving behind. So for example, he says, okay, my children, my wife, my parents, they're getting their shares. But they already have so much. I want that half of my entire property should be given to a masjid. Can he do that? No. Can he say, a third of my property may be given to the masjid? Can he do that? Yes, he can. But not more than one third. You understand? Not more than one third. In a hadith we learn that once one of the companions, his name was Sa'd ibn Malik, in the year of Hajjad al-Wada' the Prophet ﷺ visited him and Sa'd ibn Malik, he was extremely ill and he felt that he was going to die. So he asked the Prophet ﷺ that I'm very ill as you see and I'm a rich man and I have only one daughter who is going to inherit everything of mine. I have no other relatives, only one daughter. And my daughter, you know, you can imagine a girl, she gets married, she has a family, she has a husband to take care of her, you know, she's not responsible to earn anything. So I have a lot of wealth. I could benefit others with that as well. So he asked, how much could he give in charity? He asked, can I give two-third? The Prophet ﷺ said, no, don't give two-third away. He asked, can I give half? The Prophet ﷺ again said, no, you cannot give half of it in charity. Then he said, may I give one third at least? Then the Prophet ﷺ said, yes. You may give one third, but even one third is a lot. It's better to leave your children rich than to leave them poor, reduced to begging from others. And this is a hadith in Bukhari. So now you know the two conditions. What are they? The wasiyah, the will may not be made in the favor of someone who already has a share. And secondly, it must not exceed one third. Okay? So these are the two conditions. Anything that's unclear? Yes? So then the two thirds has to be uh, split up. The two thirds has to be split up amongst the deserving heirs, amongst the relatives. Okay? Whoever has a share in that property, it's going to be distributed amongst them. Okay? Okay, let's say a person doesn't have any children, no family, nothing, alone, single person. What do they do? They have no relative, nobody to inherit from them. Then in that case, the closest relative, the closest relative, 
Okay? They get it. But let's say they don't even know. They grew up, let's say, they were adopted by a family in another country and they have no idea who their closest relatives are. Then in that case, of course, they can make the wasiyah. Okay? They can make the wasiyah that my wealth may be given to so and so. And it happens. People gift a certain amount of their wealth to their friend, to their foster family, or to their close friends, whoever. Okay? They can do that. The community, a cause, they can do that. So you have the choice to do that. So, bil ma'roof, in the manner that is approved. And this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, is haqqan ala al-muttaqeen. Haqqan. What does haqq mean? Right. And over here it gives the meaning of an obligation. Meaning this is something that is incumbent, this is a duty on who? Those people who have taqwa. If a person has taqwa, then he must, must make his will properly in the manner that is approved, in the manner that is appropriate, sharing the wealth with others as well, not just leaving everything for his family, but also being concerned about the rest of the community, but not exceeding the limits, giving everybody their right. This is the duty of who? Those people who have taqwa. Because if a person lives a very righteous life, but at the time of death he makes an unfair will, then this could waste all of his good deeds. If at the time of death he says, don't give my daughter anything because I don't like her. She disobeyed me. She married someone I don't like. I don't want any of my property to go to her. And he says, all of my wealth should go to so and so. This is not right. A person may have performed many hajj. A person may have performed many umrah. He may have fasted many months of Ramadan. But a hadith tells us that a man might perform the works of righteous people for 70 years. But when he dictates a will, he commits injustice. And thus his works end with the worst of his deeds and he enters the hellfire. And a man might perform the works of evil people for 70 years, but then he dictates a just will, and thus ends with the best of his deeds, and then enters paradise because of that. So a person must be very careful what kind of wasiyah he is making. One more thing before we continue, is that this ayah tells us that when a person is leaving behind a significant amount of wealth, then he must make a wasiyah with regards to it. He must do that. And we learn that Ibn Umar anhu, he said the Messenger of Allah وسلم, he said, it is not permissible for any Muslim who has something to will to stay for two nights without having his last will and testament written and kept ready with him. Meaning if you have something that you believe that people should know what to do with after you die, for example, you have a lot of wealth and you feel that people should know that a third of it or a little bit of it could be given to, you know, in charity, could be given to a friend of yours, could be given to a distant relative of yours, could be given to an orphan. Or for example, you have a matter that you're dealing with. If you die, it's possible that people are completely lost. They don't know what to do about it. So such things, you must have them written down. Because death can come at any time. Death can come at any time. Sometimes it happens that, for instance, parents, they have a certain amount of wealth, they have some property, they have money sitting in their accounts, or they have a business, and the children have no idea in whose name it is, where it is, who has rights over it. They have no clue. The wife has no clue. And if the husband dies, the father dies suddenly, the family is lost. That what's happening? They don't know what to do. 
So it doesn't mean that you tell, for example, you don't trust your young children, that if you tell them, okay, this is how you access the bank account, this is how you access this, the next thing you know, everything is gone, <laughs> because they took it. You know, have a legal document written in the presence of a lawyer, have it notarized, leave it with the lawyer, so that after your death, the children, the family, they know what to do. We know about so many people who die sudden deaths. And as a parent, as a family member, you are responsible for your children. So for example, you have little children, you must know that if you die, who's going to take care of them? Who will be responsible for them? Whose tarbiyah do you think they should take? Under whose guidance should they be raised up? So have these matters decided and recorded because death can come at any time. And Ibn Umar said that ever since I heard the statement from the Messenger of Allah, no night has passed, but my will is kept ready with me. I have my will ready with me. Many times people remember their will when they're traveling, when they're going for hajj. But even before that, we should have these matters written from before. فَمَنْ خَافَ مِنْ مُوسٍ Now let's say a person makes a will and he was unfair in that. He was biased in that. Let's say he said, all of my property should go to my son. Because he doesn't want that any part of his property should go to his parents or his brothers or his nephews. So he says, everything of mine should go to my son. Or because his son was disobedient, he says, all of my wealth should be given to so and so zoo in the city to take care of all the animals. Okay, but what about his son? It's not fair. People do such things. So, فَمَنْ بَدَّلَهُ بَعْدَ مَا سَمِعَهُ that whoever changes it after he heard it. Baddala yubaddilu tabdil bada lam. What does tabdil mean? Tabdil is to change, to alter something. So whoever changes who, meaning the will, badama after that, samirahu he heard it. Samir, seen mimrain. He heard the will. The dying person said, when I die, give one third of my wealth to so and so organization. But the person who was standing over there, he changes it. He says, no, no. He said, give only one eighth of it. Give only one tenth of it. He changed it. You understand? He changed it, بَعْدَمَا سَمِعَهُ فَإِنَّمَا Then indeed not but, إِثْمُهُ It's sin. Is on who? عَلَى الَّذِينَ On those people who يُبَدِّلُونَهُ They change it. Those people who change the will, then they are guilty. Then they are sinful. Not the person who died. Because he made a just will. He made a fair will. So he's not sinful. Those people who change the will, who altered it, they will be sinful. So if a person wants to get something out of you know the dying person and he was the only one present at the time of his death and he says later on to his family that he said that you can take such and such property of mine then he's changing it he's making something of his own accord so that sin will be on who? on who? on the one who changed the will not the person who made the just will إِنَّ اللَّهَ سَمِيعٌ عَلِيمٌ indeed Allah is hearing and He is knowing meaning you are the only person present over there and you can pretend in front of others that something was said whereas it was not said or something different was said. But who knows? Allah knows. Who heard? Allah heard. So you can hide from people but you cannot hide from Allah. 
And you can get away with some wealth in this world, but can you get away with it in the hereafter? No, you can't. Allah will hold you responsible. But let's say, the person who was making the will, he made an unfair will. He made an unfair will to begin with. The first exception is what we just learned, was that the will was fair, but people changed it. But let's say the will was unfair to begin with. Now are you supposed to change it? Let's say the dying person said, give all of my wealth to the zoo, deprive my children. Is that fair? It's not fair. So فَمَنْ خَافَ Whoever feared مِنْ مُوسٍ From the Musin. Musin, one who does wasiyah wa sadiyah. Just as mu'min, one who has iman, mu'sin, one who does wasiyah. So whoever fears from the, the mu'sin, what does he fear from him? Janafan or ithman? Janafan, from the root letters, jim, noon, fa. Janaf is to incline from one side to the other. It's the opposite of hanafa. Hanafa, hanif, what does hanif mean? To incline from falsehood to, to, Truth, and then become firm on it. Janafa is the opposite of that. It is to incline from truth to falsehood. To go from right to wrong. Janaf is to be biased. To be unfair. So, the people standing over there when the person was dying, they realized that this will is biased. That the children are being deprived of their right. Or one child is being given more compared to the others. That's not fair. It is a biased will. Oh, isman or sin. Meaning that person is committing sin. How? That he makes a will in favor of someone who already has a share. Okay? The difference between janaf and ism is that janaf could be without even realizing. But ism, this is deliberate. Janaf, he didn't know any better. Or just because he really likes somebody, he says, give everything of mine to them. And he doesn't realize that he's depriving his children of the share. So janaf is by mistake, and ism is deliberate. But in either case, people are being deprived of their rights. So the witness, the people over there, what do they do? Those who have been made responsible to execute the will afterwards, what do they do? فَأَصْلَحَ بَيْنَهُمْ So he makes reform between them. Between who? Between the heirs and the one who is making the wasiyah. In other words, that he fixes the, the wasiyah, the will in a way that everybody gets their shares. The will that the dying person made is altered. Why? To establish justice. So, are the people doing something wrong then? Are they doing something wrong? No. Allah says, فَلَا إِثْمَ عَلَيْهِ Then there is no sin on him because إِنَّ اللَّهَ غَفُورٌ رَحِيمٌ Indeed, Allah is forgiving and merciful. That if somebody in whose favor you made a will, they die before you die. So what happens? Then the will will be altered, obviously, because they've gone. Okay? And if they deserved something, it will be given to them and then it will be divided amongst their heirs. Okay, amongst their relatives. So anyway, we see here that the wasiyah technically may not be altered. It may not be altered. If people alter it, then they will be sinful. But there is one case in which the will may be altered. In which case? Where the will was unfair 
it was biased, and it was people were being deprived of their rights, then in that case the will may be altered. And those who change the will, those who alter it, they're not guilty. They're not doing anything wrong. Because indeed Allah is forgiving and merciful. Now like I mentioned to you earlier, wasiyah is not just about wealth. It's not just about property. It's also with regards to other things. So for example, a father, he has a business and he loves his son. He wants his son to take over the business. But he knows. Everybody knows that if that son takes over the business, then that's it. Other relatives are not going to get anything. He's going to keep everything to himself. So should they let that go through? No, they should not. They should change it. Right? Likewise, if let's say the grandfather said that my granddaughter should marry her cousin. Okay? Before he dies, he said that my granddaughter has to marry her cousin. But when she grows up, she's like, no, I don't want to marry him. And the people are like, no, this is what your grandfather said. Now you have to. It was his wasiyah, you have to. But she's like, no way, I can't marry him. I don't like that guy. So, should she be forced into it? No. Because it is her right to choose. It is a right that Allah has given to her to say yes or to say no. So the grandfather's will cannot force her. You understand? So, such alterations may be made when people's rights are being affected. When people are being treated in an unfair manner. Then there is no sin on them. Likewise, it's possible that a person makes a will, that when I die, burn my body. People can say that. When I die, burn my body. And we know that as Muslims, we are supposed to bury the dead. So are you supposed to follow that wasiyah? No, you're not going to. Because this is ism, this is sin. Alright? Likewise, a person says, when I die, then have my body sent back home and bury me over there. Now the family members are like, you know what, if we use the money that he left behind to send his body back home, then we'll be left with nothing. And it's not necessary to send his body back home anyway. All of this land belongs to Allah. So you can basically be buried anywhere. So again, it may be altered and there's no harm in doing that. Sometimes it happens that parents, what they do is that in their lives, they will say that when their daughter is getting married, that we are giving you whatever you want right now. So for example, we are giving you this set of jewelry, gold jewelry and diamond jewelry and all of that stuff. And uh, when we die, you will have nothing. It's not fair. What you give in your life, that's a gift. It's a different thing. Okay? And after a person dies, then his property has to be distributed amongst the children according to their shares. But let's say there are parents and they see that their children need something. Let's say there, one son wants to buy a house, one girl, she wants to go to university and it costs a lot of money. Then they say that when we die, the money is going to be distributed amongst you anyway. We might as well distribute it amongst you right now. So they say, okay, the house will go in the name of the son. All this money goes in the name of the daughter. So when they die, then what will happen? That will be carried out. You understand? As long as the shares are fair, then that will be done. The shares should not be unfair that the daughter is getting more and the son is getting less. No, it should not be the case. Okay? The shares must be fair. Now, what exactly the shares are, how much the daughter gets, how much the son gets, how much the husband gets, how much the wife gets in the case of whoever's death, inshallah we will learn all about that later in Surah Al-Nisa. So let's listen to the recitation of these verses right now. 